documented. Miracles happening today. So welcome back, you documented listeners. Thank you so much for your guys' support. Today, we are so excited to have Johnny Guzman here. He's going to tell us his testimony. We're really excited. We've been wanting to do this for a long time, and his wife is my BFF. So um, anyways, uh, we're really excited to go. So Johnny, go ahead and take it away. Hello, hello. (laughs) Uh, Glad to be here. I've never been on one of these, but... I just want to give my testimony. Uh, maybe people out there can relate. My name is Jonathan Sean Guzman. Grew up in Santa Maria, California. And uh, I just want to start with just my childhood. My childhood, I remember being at least five years old, five, six years old. And I just know that growing up, I grew up with my mother. She was a single mother and uh, it was just my sister and I, my sister name is Violet. We were poor kids. I didn't know it at the time, but, but I remember being hungry. Like I'm, I'm hungry. And, and I remember my mom not always being at home. And the, the thing that I remember the most is one time I looked through the fridge, there's nothing in this fridge. I'm like, my, my stomach's growling. We're used to my mom being out and not coming home. And so she wasn't there. And I look in this fridge and I remember this clearly in my head. And there was just like stale tortillas in there. And I'm like, all right. So I grab, I grab the stale tortilla and I get the syrup, like maple syrup. And I just pour it on there and it just like, is like crunchy. <laughs> but like, that's all I had to eat, you know? Wow. And so I'm like, oh man. And so I remember just like leaving my house and I didn't have any money. And I would go to the store and I would just like act like I'm going to buy something. And I would put first food in my pockets I'd like put one thing in my pocket and then, and then I got real sneaky and then I put like, act like I'm tying my shoe and I put in my sock and then I would dip out. And, uh, I'm sure the owners knew too, but it was like, it was like almost a normal thing for me to, that's how I started stealing. And so I would share with my sister, of course, you know, I said, all right, I'm back. You know, I was down the block or whatever. And, uh, my mom would get back and I'd ask her, hey, I am hungry. And she's like, here, here's some food stamps, go to the cucaracha, which is like the truck that pulls up. And we would go, we'd co- and I would go, and I would go, and I had my food stamps. I'd buy like these cans of like hummus and like like uh, I don't know bananas and whatever I could, I guess. When I was eight years old, my mom didn't come home for a week. Little, well, then you just skipped her breaking the glass. Okay, so when I'm this age, five years old, six. My mom was very abusive to me and my sister. Whenever we broke something or like stuff wasn't clean or whatever, my mom would get very upset. She'd get very angry. And one time my sister broke something downstairs and my mom came came down the stairs, doom, doom, doom. So what did you break? Like automatically, like angry. And I and I and I remember yelling at my mom. I said, Mom, I said, No, that, that wasn't my sister. That was me. That's my fault. That's my fault because my mom would hit us and she would hit us and she, she would not only hit us, but she would like push us and like, like throw us around. And I'm like, I would, that's when I started protecting my sister and like providing for her. Like I'm the father now. Right. I didn't know it at the time, but that's just something I had to grow up like. And, um, and that's when the abuse started coming. And one time I, I, I would catch lizards and I had a glass 
uh, jar and, and I broke it upstairs. It fell off the, some, or some drawers we had. And, uh, my mom comes running upstairs. She's like, you just broke that after I told you not to, to, to touch or set it up there or whatever it was. And I remember she was so angry that she's like, look at it. And she grabbed my neck and she's like, look at it, look at it. And she's like literally trying to push my face into this glass that I broke. And I, and, and I'm just a kid. And I, I just remember with all my might, with all my strength, whatever I could, just to like keep myself from getting my face smashed into this glass. And then that, that just became normal. Like that was, that's how I grew up, right? I'm thinking everybody gets treated like this. Whoa. I'm just a kid. And so very Were abusive. you an angry kid? When I started growing up, I was. Mm-hmm. I was angry because I felt like it wasn't fair. Mm-hmm. But you would love on your mom, like you would like comfort. Yeah, her. the weird thing is that I love my mom. I love my mom, and it's like she's my mom, you know. And mm-hmm. she she'd be sad sometimes, and I just comfort her, say, "Mom, I love you. It's gonna be okay." I'm just a kid, mm-hmm. you know. It's like it's like I had to grow up fast, you know. But yeah, it's sad, but but God is good. Yeah. I tell you, God yeah. is good. So when I was eight years old, this is how it happened. My mom didn't come back for a week. So it was probably a little over a week. And we didn't go to school. And this is her best friend. She left us with her best friend. I remember that part. And she's trying to get a hold of my mom. She couldn't get a hold of So we had to go to her work. How long was your mom supposed to be gone? Do you remember? Three days. Oh, wow. Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, be back on Monday. Oh, I see. And it went on and on. And we had to go with her, her friend to work. And she worked. I remember she worked for like uh, dryers and washers, like repairing. Mm. And, she, and, and then finally her best friend was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I, I don't know where your mom's at. And she called CPS and I didn't know it. And uh, that's where they picked us up at. I remember it was a Whoa. corner. It was like a corner in Santa Maria. I remember there's a, there was a, like a gas station, not a gas station, but like a, a convenience store. And, and then her, her job was right next to that. And then they came, they came and they pulled up and they're, they're trying to explain to me, like I'm eight years old. They're like, you know, it's okay. We want you to come with us. And, and I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. Like I'm not, I, my sister's not going nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. Whoa. And, and they're like, just trying to force me to get into this car and I'm just crying. It's like, and your emotional. mom's friend, is she right there with you guys or? I'm not, I don't really remember. I don't remember. Okay. Gosh, man, what a trip. Yeah. So it was, it was really weird. And after that, I, I started thinking, man, what could I have done? You know, maybe, maybe so I could have done So go into that a little bit more. So you finally do get in the car with them, obviously. Yeah. And then what are you thinking in your mind? Are you thinking you're getting kidnapped? Like, what do you? I'm thinking that my mom's going to come and get us. Like, she's going to be so angry that, and she was. She was so angry at my, her best friend. Yeah, sure. And she got a charge. She caught a charge for that. She went to her friend's house with a hammer, beat her. Oh, Destroyed her face. Yeah. And uh, she got locked up for that. Yeah, and then so now we're in foster care, and she's trying to get us back, but she can't because there was another charge that my mom got cut up for because now she beat her friend, and, and so lottie dottie, mm-hmm. you know, it's like. And I remember the other charge she got cut up for was the same. It was assault. She had a bat, and I was a kid, 
And she, we were at a party, and, and my my auntie, my auntie's a big woman, <laughs> like she's strong. She reminds me of like the She Hulk. And uh, that was so the second charge my mom got. I remember that day. Um, it was a party. So we're living like this. We're living like partying. Mm-hmm. You know, we're poor or whatever. I don't know. And like, this is just the regular. I see my mom do drugs. I see. I seen all this stuff. I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Was she pretty big about you guys not drinking or did she introduce you to it? What was her, did she give you any moral compass with that stuff? Not really. No, I remember uh, trying like these like uh, alcoholic, like, what do you call it? Like almost like cakes. Mm -hmm. And uh, she let me try them, whatever. Yeah, I remember like five years old. So you're about to tell us about the the charge that she got. You were saying, uh, yeah. So this party, I remember looking at my mom, and this big lady came and she she grabbed my mom by the hair and and socked her, boom, like almost picked her up by the hair. And she's my mom's sitting down. It's a big lady, and uh, socks her in the face. And my mom drops her beer, and uh, and my mom's like clawing at this girl. And then she calls for my auntie. My auntie comes and like starts wailing on this this lady. And so she drops my mom and they scrap, they scrap a little bit and then they take off and then my mom's like, get in the car. And so it's just my sister and I, we get in the car and we're chasing after these people. They're trying to get away from us. They're trying to get away from us. I'm like, oh my goodness. And so we pull up and finally stop at this, these apartments and they, and they pull up and we stop. And, uh, the lady, the, the big lady and her daughter, the daughter dips out, goes into the apartment and the big lady is, you know, she can't just move out of that, like get out of the car, right? She can't just get out of the car. And so as soon as she like steps out, like takes one step out of that car, my auntie is like, whack, whack, just nailing this lady. And I, I remember I'm like looking, I'm like, oh my goodness, like you can't mess with my auntie. She's, she's bad, bad lady. But anyway, she, she hits her up. And, and that lady gets destroyed. My mom comes out with the bat, hits the car, tries to look for that that lady, the other lady, her her daughter. And uh, I just I just I remember that that's all that happened. We dip out. The cops, you know, we didn't get busted or whatever until that day she got caught up with a friend. But uh, my auntie got shot a year after that. Well, they 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 retaliated and they shot her and she got paralyzed. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But like violence was just part of your life. Yeah, it's part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So you're now at CPS. Your mom gets this other charge. And so do you remember where you stayed? Like, do you remember that first experience? Tell us about that. So I remember uh, being in a shelter. And I remember uh, this lady, she was very nice to us, my sister and I. And she was like, do you want me to take you a bath? And I was like, no. Like, I don't need help. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, she... I just remember that place being like warm and I would play outside, but I felt alone. The Jordans? No, <laughs> no, this is before that. And, uh. Was your sister with you? Yeah, my sister was with me. That's when I realized, like, I'm by myself. My mom's not here. I have to take care of my sister. I don't know this lady. And uh, I would go play outside, and I remember this kid having a, a birthday party. And I'm like, you want to come? And I was like, yeah. 
But it's like, I realized, I was like, I don't have a childhood, you know? These kids are having fun. And I, I just thought differently. Mm-hmm. I just thought differently. I was I was lost. Mm-hmm. I was just a kid. And uh, yeah, so I I got in, I got into foster care, and then um, I I just know that they were trying to look for foster parents for, for my sister and I at that point. Like mm-hmm. we had to get out of shelter, and so I became very quiet. I became a quiet kid, like. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to talk to nobody. Almost like if I if I was hurting myself, like like uh, abusing myself from having fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, they try to separate my sister and I. Whoa. Yeah. When they're trying to find fo- uh, foster parents for us, and I was, I said no, I said no, that ain't never gonna happen. But they try. They try. Tell me about that. What do you mean they tried? Did they come and present the idea to you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're like, hey, um, the, these folks like, you know, are looking for a daughter. And and so they're trying to like be sneaky about it. But mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not a dumb kid. Mm-hmm. I said, no, ain't going to happen. You, you ain't taking my sister away from me. I said, that's it. And so it never happened. Thank God. And, and so while this was going on, like we're trying to find foster parents, uh, I would see my mom occasionally. Okay. You know, so she, she still had a, she was still able to see us. Was she still in prison or was she out? She was out. There okay. was, there was times in court where she would come and, and see us. So was she proactively fighting for you? Like now in retrospect, was she trying to get you guys back? I think she was at the beginning, but realized that she couldn't do it. Got it. Yeah. So that's when George and Rachel, uh, my parents, they, uh, they became my foster parents. Because then your grandma was trying to. My grandma was trying to get me. And I have a video of that. And that's, if you watch this video, um, it shows me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, say hi to your brother, Timmy. And I say hi to him. And then all of a sudden, my face is like, gets serious. It's like, and you can see in my eyes, it's emptiness. And that's how, that's how my, my wife remembers me, like meeting me. It's like, that's, that's my, my countenance. Like Whoa. I'm not, it, there's nothing in there. It's just cold, dark, Whoa. angry. Like I became depressed. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So you were just, um, you're in the foster care home and you mentioned your foster parents. How long, like, tell us about that meeting them. So I think I met them like when I was 10, 10 years old. Um, and did you get placed with them at their home at 10? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was another foster. There's two more foster kids in there. And they were willing to take you and your sister. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get there, are you guys grateful to be there? Like, oh man, we were going to get a home or. Yeah. You know? It was almost like, almost like make believe like, a, mm. it was almost like, this is crazy. Yeah. Right. I show up at this house. This house is beautiful massive oh my goodness i'm like where am i and you i'm like yes. and you're still in santa maria which uh, is the weird thing yeah i'm still in santa maria and uh that's where things are like it was it was good but i never called him mom i never called him dad um 
there was other there's two other foster kids in there they took me to counseling and that's when they try to start like investing in me you know like mm-hmm. showing that they cared tell us about the hash browns hash browns <laughs> What hash browns? When, the story about when Rachel made you hash browns? Oh, no. Um, oatmeal. Just making you oatmeal and, like, breakfast. Oh, my morning. goodness. One time I woke up and I'm smelling like this food. And my mom is making breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, what is... I get out of bed and she's like, yeah, go ahead, eat. And she serves me. And I'm like, what is this? Like, who does this, right? <laughs> who makes breakfast? Like... <laughs> And it, it smells so good. That was my first Christmas. Oh, I see. Like, this is like my first, like, almost everything. And they get a Christmas tree. It's like, it's like stuff you see in like a movie or something. And I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. Wow. But at the same time, I had, they're trying to deal with problems that I was going through. Mm. So one of the things is they would ask my sister, they'd be like, oh, do you want this, Violet? And then my sister would look to me and say, can I have this? And I'd be like, yeah. And she's like, you need to stop doing that. You need to stop looking at your brother and and asking for permission. He's not your father, you know, because my sister came to me with everything. Yeah. And so it's like I had to learn how to stop doing that, like being that Mm -hmm. way. Not only that, just like food, like we would hoard food in our rooms. Wow. And, And finally, my mom was like, Look, you can have whatever you want. You can you can eat whatever you want. This is yours because because we didn't understand. Like mm-hmm. I I ate so fast. Mm-hmm. I still eat fast to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like because I never th- I I was like this is gonna be my last meal. Oh my god. Yeah yeah it was bad. My, ask my mom. Ask my dad. Mm-hmm. They, they I was like that. I was that. So kid. you're calling a mom and dad when. What what built that trust for you to get to that place with them? What happened? I think I just was like. Do you remember a transition point where you finally realized, like, okay, the food's not going away. Like, this is this is my home. You know. <laughs> I want to say. Because uh... then you got officially adopted at twelve. At yeah, twelve, I would say I was thirteen. Say. I would say thirteen. There's like that transition between their foster and you were probably because the the point of foster care is to reunite with the biological parents. So at some point that didn't happen and you guys realize it's not going to happen. And then Rachel and George. Yeah. Adopted you at 12, you said. So that's two years in foster care of like uncertainty or four. Oh, yeah. Four years, but two years with Rachel and George. Mm -hmm. What was it like when they adopted you? What do you remember about that? Was it? Was it a huge moment for you or was it kind of just like, oh, now it's official? Do you remember? Well, 12, almost 13, I'm like, you got to understand, like, I cared, but I didn't care. Like, now I'm like, this is this this is what happened to me. And you were still run away to go meet Maria. Sometimes. I would still run away. I would run away and try to find my mom mm-hmm. and see if she was all right or like, you know, and they just never understood that. They were like, why are you running away? You know, you have everything. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like I pushed my parents away. My 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 mom and dad, my George and Rachel, I pushed them away. I wouldn't let them get close to me. So it it is just different. Like mm-hmm. I my heart was hardened. I don't know, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
Were you kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop? Like, yeah, I have this nice home and food, but kind of waiting for it to all fall apart too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I I lived my life to where it was like, it's going to be taken away. They knew that. My, my parents, as I started getting older, they, they became scared because I, I was quiet and I would get into fights and I would run away and so they were scared for their lives all of a sudden, like, because of how angry I was, like, inside. And I wouldn't talk to the counselors. I should, and my, now that I'm older, I'm like, man, I should have talked to these counselors. But I, I literally shut myself out from everybody. So I, oh, I'm yeah. curious about your, your parents, George and Rachel. Yeah. Are they, were they believers? Uh... I want to say no. Okay. But my mom was religious. Like okay. she took me to church, but outside of church, she'd be, you know, different too. Like, sure. It so, didn't... and this is how I'm thinking. This is what like being religious is like. She, she would go to a lot of churches and she's kind of still does today. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so is that your idea of God? Like you didn't really have a good reference point about who God was Well, at that point, like, <clears throat> teenager what what are your th- thoughts about god if anything um um with god i would be uh my mom took me to a lutheran church i remember that like i'm like 15 now and i remember being in this lutheran church but doing some bad stuff in this church like <laughs> you're a teen you know what i mean like so it's like i remember going to this like going to florida they it was like so much money and they took took me to florida and it was like a christian concert i remember that but like they had, they had a dance floor and like, it was like a party. And this is like, this is what Christian Christianity is about. And I remember just like getting down on this dance floor with, you know what I mean? It's like, man, I was like, wow, this is, it, it was very, that's how I started seeing uh, God, I guess, Christianity or, you know, religious world. But God, for me at that time in my life, uh, I don't know. I don't know who he Just was. Just a big nothing. Yeah. Kind of. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful that my mom took, you know, try to take me to church and like sure. introduce me to people, different people. Did they yeah. have any biological children? Yeah, they had a, my mom had two boys. Two boys. Did you grow up with them? No. They're, oh, they're already I older. I see. Yeah. And that, that actually comes around too late. Now that I'm older, I'm mm-hmm. 30, going to be 34. Oh. Uh, the thing is, now I realize, like, when my, my, my dad, when I was younger, I would say, like, 10, 11, 12, he would put me into sports. And so he's trying to be involved in my life, like, be a good dad, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's awesome. I, I joined the sports. I was good at sports, you know? Got my mind off a lot of things, like, going yeah, on, sure. you know? And then later on, it was like, I didn't know that he didn't treat his kids, his biological kids like that. Oh, I see. So they're kind of, like, not jealous of me, but, like... You didn't do that with us, Dad. Yeah, yeah, right? embittered so. towards their dad. Probably because he was working a lot, too. He was. Here's the thing, man. You get older, and then you figure it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. you figure out what's important. Yeah. In some true. ways, you might end up being a better parent when you, your second, second round, round of kids. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so you had two biological, but they were much older. They are out of the house. And then was it just was it your sister and you were the two that were adopted out of the foster kids? Yes, and the other foster kids, they, uh, they like, dipped out. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they dipped out. 
Okay, so you were in sports. Your parents were trying with you. You said they started getting like nervous because you became increasingly angry yeah. and stuff like that. Okay, mm-hmm. how'd you get to Prescott? Uh, well, I was gang affiliated when I hit 16 uh, in Santa Maria, and I had I I was doing drugs. I remember being in like a rehab, teen rehab. Wow. And I remember seeing my auntie, one of my my aunties. My, she worked at the rehab. She worked at the rehab. Like and, and she knew me, but I wasn't allowed to say anything. I was like, That's like we're related, so but I'm adopted. Like, awkward. You know? You're, why couldn't you? What do you mean you weren't allowed to say anything? Or they would move you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like she's the one that did the UAs and all that. And she was oh, she was really cool though. She was cool. I see. So, uh, yeah. So when I was like in rehab and I was gang affiliated, one time I, one of my homies in there, he said, he threw up the peace sign like, all right, see you later. And my mom, Rachel, she was like, what? Hey, don't be throwing no gang signs at my son. <laughs> la, 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 la. And she went off. He was like, no, I just threw up the peace sign. Like, <laughs> Whoa, this is a funny story. Tell me a little bit more about this. You were at the rehab? Yeah. And would, he threw peace at you? Yeah, we would go in and all, like, all the guys would come and, you know, we'd do counseling and, like, yeah. you know, talk about what's going on in school. And, like, and so are you relapsing or how do you feel? And it's uh-huh. like, I was like, what? And, uh, yeah, the, after it was done, we were all left, and one of the guys threw up, like, the peace sign. It was like, hey, uh, peace out. And I was like, all right, peace out. And my mom was just like, got crazy. She was like, <laughs> she was like don't be throwing no gang signs because her son, Michael, her older son, yeah, he was into it too. I don't know if he was oh, ever gang-affiliated, but we kind of we kind of ran into each other in the streets. Like, he, he did a lot of drugs. He, he was in rehabs too. And so, oh man, how heartbreaking for your parents. Oh, I know for my mom, for my, for my father oh, and they're just trying to do, you know what I mean? Do their best. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, growing up being a foster kid and like running away, mm-hmm. like I can only do that so many times where they think I don't care. And literally I, I probably don't care, but they were like, one time I asked my mom, I said, how come you're going to search for your son, Michael? Because he was like heavy into drugs. And how, how come you don't look for me? And she said, because you're not my biological son. You're not my blood son. And she said that to me. And so like stuff like that would like like hurt me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it wouldn't hurt me because it just makes me like, I guess, like more hard. My heart mm-hmm. more hard. And so it's like, you can't, I can't trust nobody. You know, I can't give my heart to anybody. And for my mom, Rachel, she would only show me affection like when she was faded, like she was drunk. She'd be like, oh, come here, mijo. Let me give you a kiss and like I thought it was weird. I'm like, get off me, you know? Like, why are you trying to kiss me? Like, because she's trying to be a mom. Yeah. She's trying to be caring. Like, you're my son, but that only at that time, mm-hmm. like only at those times. So you know, my mom going through stuff too. Yeah. Go ahead. Prescott, because you were eloped out. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened was it started getting crazy in Santa Maria, and my my mom's like, "Are you gang affiliated?" I said, "Yes, I am, mom." And she's like, "Okay." You know, and she, she realized she we're realizing like, man, Santa Maria is getting crazy. You know, there's a lot of gangs. There's people. With, I guess one kid rolled up in a church and shot a kid in the head. Boom. Oh killed him. Gosh. And so just stuff like that and, and drugs. And so they're like, yeah. it's, it's time to move. Just normal. It's time to move. And so I remember being so angry that I had to move. I'm like, can you tell me a little bit about about your the gang years? Like, was that a long period of time? I don't think so. Where did you go from being like the athlete to like? So when I was in middle school, I want to say eighth, eighth grade is when I started like hanging out with the gangsters. 
right? And I knew a lot of my family members were gang affiliated. And my, my, my parent, my mom. Biological family? Yeah, my biological mm. family. My father. I didn't even know my father. And uh, he did a 10-year bid. And he's all blasted. He's all tatted up. And uh, my, my uncles, my uncles were all gang affiliated. I knew West Park. West Park is a, is a little park in uh, Santa Maria, right next to the high school, Santa Maria High. And uh, I, I grew up right there. So I knew a lot of my friends, you know, were gang affiliated. So that's when I, I got into gangs. Mm -hmm. Like these, these kids, uh, kind of similar backgrounds as me, you know, maybe not adopted, maybe not our foster care, but, you know, growing up rough. Sure. And so I kind of was like, all right, cool. I fit in with these, with these cats. Right. And so we, you know, I've stolen, I've, I've done all this. And, uh, and so we, that's what we would do to kind of like steal stuff or like tag up stuff. And it started small and then it started being into drugs where my first time getting high, I'm, I'm what, like 12, 13 years old. I mean, like smoking weed, crazy, crazy. And, and, uh, that's when my parents, they found drugs in my room and they, they found money. Sorry. That's when my, yeah, my mom took me to rehab and. So this is pretty pretty soon after you were adopted yeah. you were in drugs yeah wow yeah drinking mm -hmm. like that was that was normal and so they're doing everything that the world says to do when your kid's doing this mm -hmm. they moved you out yeah. of the city oh, they man. took you to counseling drug rehab yeah they, we got out of the they're throwing things at you trying to get answers right yeah we got out of santa maria pretty quickly after that how old were you when you moved? I was a sophomore, so I would say 16. Okay. Uh, I got held back in second grade. And so um, when I was 16, I moved here. And I'm like, man, this sucks. And that's when I was like, I'm, I'm just angry. Now, like, I'm angry. I don't want to listen to my parents. You know, what did you think of Prescott when you drove when I When I first got to Prescott, I was like, man, this place is like cowboys mm -hmm. and like, that's it. A lot of white people. I said a lot of white people here. Yeah. A lot of white folks. But yeah. a lot of Mexicanos too. And so uh, coming from California, um, I don't want to say I was popular, but it's like, oh, that guy's different. Yeah. Like, that was me. I was the, the cat that was, oh, you're not from here. Yeah. And so it's like, and I think you were talking about oh, why didn't I get into to sports. When I hit my, my freshman year, I wanted to. Like, part of me was like, yeah, I want to be all into sports and everything. But guess what? I was the smartest kid, oh, right? Oh, I see. My grades stopped me from, and, and really, I didn't even try, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I would have tried and just focused on my work and just, I would have, I could have made the basketball team. And, and, and so when I didn't make it, I was like, this ain't for me. Mm. It's already made that decision. Like, whatever. That's just a, that's just a dream. I need to Got focus it. on, on making money and, and looking out for myself and, you know, so yeah, I gave up on that real fast, <laughs> but so, so when I came to, to Prescott, I was like, man, there's nothing out here, but it doesn't, when you're caught up in stuff like that and you're doing drugs, you're selling drugs, or, you, you know, you have that mentality, like hurting people or, you know, fighting, you're gonna, you're gonna find the same person, the same people. Mm -hmm. That are in, in that same mentality, that same spirit. It's insane how fast you find each other. Yeah, so I, I hooked up with a with a homie. His name was we call him Young Dice. It was Caesar, 
and uh, and he was from Phoenix. He's from Phoenix, and uh, they call Phoenix Finagera. And I remember we were hanging out, and he's like, "Let's go to Phoenix." So I, we mobbed out to Phoenix, and his hood was the forty fifth, forty fifth West Side Lokes. And when I walked up in his hood, and I met like the OGs, like these are gangsters. Like they were like, "Oh, you from Cali?" They're like the the older cats were like, oh, "All right, cool." And the younger cat, one of the younger cats came over, oh, you're from Cali? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm from Cali. I'm like, oh, Cali Cacas. I'm like, what? So it's like disrespecting me. Like, yeah, sure. So my homie stepped in because there are a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I kicked back and he said, hey, he came with no disrespect, Lottie Dottie. And later, I didn't know this, but later on, I want to say two weeks later, that kid that told me that, it was his best friend. He died. He died. Oh, my god. They, 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 uh, they shanked him. They killed him. They stabbed him to death. And I guess who it was? It was from Sureños from Cali, from California. Oh, wow. So it's like, and that's when I realized, oh, snap, where where am I? Like, I'm from Cali. I didn't know. I was like, oh, this is a Cali, Arizona. Like, you're from Cali? You're different. This I is different. See. Yeah. So it's like, I couldn't be mixed with AZ, AZ guys. Got it. So, yeah. There's a rivalry between. There is a two. rivalry, but yeah. there's not. Oh, okay. So... Yeah. I mean, I know it's probably different, but like when you're in Prescott, there's not really, is there a gang scene in Prescott undercover, low key? I mean, not aware of. I want to say yes and no. Yeah. So, okay. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, but when, when, when Are I got. Are you getting nervous, Bernice? <laughs> Well, because there's some names. You yeah, know? sure. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't got to name drop anything. But. <laughs> all right so you're impressed it. did you do you remember times in your life where it felt like things were getting better or like you wanted to lose the Absolutely. the gang scene or no. were you kind of like no this is where i belong nah 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 um i'm partying for sure like so my parents kicked me out at 18 of course you know probably 17 hmm. and i'm like i'm with my friends and so i'm with my friends wait tell me more about that so you're here in prescott yeah they realize you're not changing. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what did it? What was it like when they kicked you out? What happened? Well, you know, I guess like any other teens, like I, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Go ahead, kick me out. What you gonna do? Like you were probably already never home, right? Yeah. Like I'm already grown. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm feeling like sure. I'm grown. I feel yeah. like I know everything. And so. Where'd you live? I lived in. Uh, I lived uh, in Dewey. Just moved in with some friends. Yes, and we started partying like. I stopped going to school. I was working. I, honestly, I would work more than I would go to school, high school. And so I got caught up for that too. We stole some radios while I was in like, I want to say junior year. Junior year. And so, yeah, I got caught up. I got on probation. When did you meet Bernice? I met Bernice in high school. <laughs> <laughs> the big old smile on your face. <laughs> I can I met, actually actually that. I met her brother first. I'm Okay. At six, so when I came here at sixteen, I got caught up for stealing uh, at the mall, and so I met her brother while I got locked up, and I said, "What's up? What's up?" Yeah, And so we would kind of see each other partying after that, you know, uh, after probation or being on probation. And so in high school, I went to Prescott High. Uh, I seen uh, my wife, <laughs> Bernice Vede. And I already knew her brother, you know, and so everybody knows her as like, oh, Isaiah's brother or sister, Isaiah's sister. 
so I see her and we kind of hang out because we're all from California. Mm-hmm. So we got a group of people that are from California and like we're just chilling. And I just remember nobody would mess with me. That's all I remember. Like in high school, it's like, oh, don't mess with that cat. Right. Mm-hmm. So I already like labeled as like, oh, that's the gangster. And I would never say I'm a gangster. I would, I would never say that. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it, it's like uh, that label is already on me from get, getting in trouble. Oh, he got in trouble. la dottie And so I was very still protected of my sister. People would try to date my sister in high school and I would hit them up. I'd be like, hey, guess what? It ain't going to happen. Like I would do the old walk and talk. Let's, let's walk and let's talk. And uh, they would go to my sister and be like, hey, you know, we can't, we can't date. And my sister would be so angry. She would, <laughs> she would hit me. Like she would hit me, not in the face, but like hit my body. Like, I hate you. Or, Just stay out of my business. Like now we're in high school, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like I, I wouldn't let you yeah. know, you were still I, I, that father figure. I guess it was her. like a pride, pride thing, oh, right? Like, pride thing. You ain't gonna do any. You ain't gonna date my sister, right? But uh, so you met Bernice. <laughs> I met my my wife. <laughs> she was I don't know how old were you? Thirteen. She was thirteen. When we yeah. first met. When we first met, yeah. And so, when when I started partying, and we would see we would see each other, you know, partying. I, I would I would deal like drugs. I would deal mm-hmm. drugs, weed, cocaine. And uh, I remember selling her a bag of weed. <laughs> False. <laughs> and, uh, but her brother smoked too. And so there's like this like kind of like. Yeah, camaraderie. And yeah, like, oh, you party with each other, lottie mm-hmm. dottie. And so we started hanging out. So, oh, let's go to the movies. You know, we, we were both in high school. And so we started hanging out like that, just going to the movies and we'd party together and drink. This and- is also like three years later. Because we met yeah. when I was 13. But... So you're like 16, 16 and 18, 19. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just pictured you at 13 like, yay! Also, our very first picture together, I'm literally wearing pigtails as a freshman because I was 13. And I'm like, meh. And I'm all in like my flannel, like gangster flannel, like, she, she. I'm just happy to be alive. Okay, we definitely need this picture. Oh, that's <laughs> she funny. She definitely has it. That's so funny. So, yeah, that's how I meet meet my wife. But at the time, we're like, we weren't dating yet. You know, we're just Mm -hmm. hanging out and we're partying together. And then, you know, later on, I'd say, what did you say, three years later? Yeah. Yeah, that's when uh, we started dating. But I was already older. So I was like, hey. So were you you out of high school? Were you like 18, 19? (sighs) I'm working. Oh, you had dropped out, essentially. Well, I would You'd go to school, but school. I wouldn't really. Oh, I see. So I'm like, I'm working. Yeah. I would work. I would work from six. School was an afterthought. Yeah, I would work from six a.m. to six p.m. Whoa. Or sometimes to the next day later. So I was like uh, housekeeping at the Tim Soda Center. Center. I would sell sell there too. Yeah, it's a hot spot. Oh right yeah, here. a lot of people there. So. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, there's so much. So as soon as I get here, yeah, I get caught up. Mm-hmm. I get a charge. I'm on probation for 16, 17, 18 until I get off at 18. Then I get off and then get back on probation. So wh- how how would you guys describe your relationship? Bernice, if you want to chime in, you could do this. Was it all good? Did she change you for the better? No, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> it was very broken. It was a love-hate uh, I, I wanna, I'm gonna be truthful. I, she's seen me. Uh, I'm, I'm a player. 
right? I'm, I'm a womanizer. I don't care. Like, I treated women like crap. Like, and that's how I treated Vernice. And she doesn't deserve that. But at the time, I, this is me. This is who I think I am. Like, this is, this is always going to be me. And I told, I told Vernice, I said, hey, we ain't never going to. We ain't never gonna get married. We're never gonna have kids. Don't even think about it. And I treat I treated her bad. I I, I abused her, like emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I would I would say stuff to her, hurtful words, make her feel like nothing, right? And then I would try to build her back up with what I think she should be like. Whoa. Yeah, I was I was manipulative. I was very manipulative. I knew what I was doing. And uh, it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. If she if she would have stayed with me, it would have been bad. Would have been bad. I'm still with you. <laughs> I mean, when I lived the that way. The old me. Yeah, the old me. Like like, and she's seen it. She's seen it. We would mm -hmm. go party, and she'd see me like, you know, be a player and drinking, and you know, not not caring. Wow. At the same time, she was still with me. So why did you stay with him? I felt like <laughs> I didn't know any better so i feel like that's what i like, deserved at the same time just because is that what you saw too yeah like my mom was single my sister was single my brother was in prison and i'm just like well let's see what happens to me wow intense yeah it was intense how um, long were you so guys together before you got married three years three years and like on and off right it would be like <laughs> Yeah, Vernice, did you ever break up with him? Um, well, we were we were together on and off, but just a couple times, like it would just be a big old emotional blow up because he was always so quick to just be like, "Well, then just leave me," or like, "Let me just leave." But in my mind, not that I'm like the savior or anything, but I'm like, you can't just give up that easy. Like, I love you. What the heck? You know, like, aren't we worth fighting for? saving like relationship wise because i had no idea about salvation at that time either yeah yeah uh i just remember like we'd fight and i would like i would dip out and she would come try to get me and i'm like i, I remember one time i uh, this lady like stopped and i said hey get this get this girl off of me like i'm just trying to get away because i didn't want to get charges right mm -hmm. i don't want i don't want because I'm, I'm not i know what can happen mm -hmm. legally and so i'm like i don't need that you know, so I dip out and that's easy for me. It's uh, anything that was hard or like I didn't have to deal with. I'd just be like, peace out. Yeah. You know that yeah. I would always do that. Like I wouldn't be tied down or, or you you're know. not going to feel it. You're not going to feel what's I'm going not gonna on. I'm not going to feel nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm curious. Why do you guys think you actually did stay together, though? Because like so many people, they would just move on or whatever. I, I, I think when I when we broke up, I, I, I obviously I loved her. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I loved her. And I, I wouldn't say it, or I would, but not like that. And, and um, when we broke up, uh, I was searching. At that time, now I'm like, how old am, how old am I? 19. I'm 19. I'm tired of, like, doing drugs. I'm, I'm skinny. I'm, like, 135. I'm tired of partying. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of just... The way I was thinking, like my mentality, angry, prideful, 
when I was with Bernice, we would walk, we would go to the park and we would laugh and like have a good time. But when somebody came walking around me, they would be like, look, if they just looked at me, I said, what's up, homie? Like, what's up? Like, I, I would just pop off just to start something. And it's like, this is what my, my, my girl is experiencing. This guy that's just full of anger, hatred. And it's like, she had to deal with that. But to answer Ray's question, I think we stayed together because we were, because we were both broken. And it's like, we were each other's answers. At the same time, we were not each other's answers. Does that make sense? Like that broken, does make sense. Yeah. Broken finds other broken people. Yeah. So, and like we, we understood each other's lifestyle. Like at, at least I understood his. Um, yeah. Like I picked him up from jail one time. Yeah, yeah, and like I understood court dates, I understood probation, and all of this was because of my brother. Like he went through that. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, well, I guess this is just my lifestyle. Yeah, she she would show up with her her mom. I'm like walking. I just got out of court. I have a pack of smokes. You know, I got my glasses, my lokes, and I'm just walking. Like, okay, got to get to the homies. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, and then yeah, she comes like pulling up i'm like what mm-hmm. you know what, you, what she's like yeah, i knew when you were getting out and lottie dottie i'm like because we'd write each other in there and when i was locked up and, and i was like dang that's what's up like mm-hmm. thank you you know that's how it was so uh you guys were broken up for a period of time and you decided to get back together what was that like so we broke up we got in a fight and I'm on probate. I'm on intense probation. I'm on intense. Like, if I mess up, I have to call wherever I go. Like, I have to be. He I, has I, to submit a schedule. Oh my every is it Sunday. drug court type? No, it's just intensive. It's called wow. IPS, intensive probation supervision. Um, and he has to like submit a, a schedule every Sunday morning or Sunday night for where he's gonna be throughout the week. And if he's wow. not there then it's like automatic 30 days in jail. Like first strike, second strike type of thing. Third strike, that's it. Then you get a, I think you get one, 120 days in jail and then you're out. Yeah. Oh you go to, to the pen, you go to prison. Like, that's it. Dang. And I'm drinking. Yours truly submitted every schedule. <laughs> she submitted my schedules. Oh. <laughs> Which is crazy because when that started, that was like right after we got saved. And all of a sudden it would say, it would say, you know, Sunday, hanging out, jack-in-the-box work, because that's where he worked at, was at jack-in-the-box, and then, like, counseling classes, and it was everything that was ordered by the court. And then after we got saved, it was, like, Sunday morning service, Sunday night, jack-in-the-box, Wednesday night service. Oh, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, there's, like, church um, services scheduled into his intensive probation yeah. Um, wow. You have to like submit your paychecks. Like it's it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But we were broken up, and uh, we were hanging out. We would still see each other, and uh, we were with my ne- our nephew Ashton, and we took him to putt putt at the Harkins Theater, and uh, we we're having a good time. Uh, it was fun. Mm-hmm. And Ashton, he's he's big boy now he's he's big dude he's big man now but at the time he was he was just a little kid and uh but it was cool you know and, and even though we weren't like together like even though we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend we were together it felt good and so it's like yeah so we you loved missed each, each other yeah, yeah we missed each other yeah and so 
when at that time I was, I went to like a Catholic, I went into a Catholic church like uh, two days before that, before we, we uh, hung out. And I'm just like trying to talk to God. Like at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm done with this. Like, Lord, if you're real, like be in my life. Like I'm going to go to this church. I want to hear from you. And like this time my heart's in it. Like mm-hmm. it's in it. And so I go and I feel nothing in this church. I feel nothing. And it's kind of like giving up hope. Like, well, on intense probation, I'm going to prison anyways, right? And uh, so we hang out two days later. Um, and when we walk out of Harkins Theater, I see Yesenia Miller. And she looks different. Yeah. And, 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 and we, see, we remember each other from high school. And I, I just remember, I couldn't almost didn't like like who are you? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh hi Johnny, all happy. <laughs> and I'm like, it took me <laughs> yeah, it took me a minute to like process it. And I was like, Senya. She's like, oh how are you? How you doing? So I'm doing good. She's like, oh I want you to meet my husband Tim. And I look at this this tall white dude. I'm like, who the heck is this? Like, <laughs> it was Tim Miller. And he was happy too. And he was like, hey, I'm Tim. Da da da. And uh, it's like, hey, we're just you know telling people about Jesus and you know we're, sh- we're uh, sharing our testimonies do you know about about Jesus Christ and I, I say yeah yeah I know about Jesus and uh, he's like oh and he starts to witness to me about Christ and I, and so he, he starts to witness to me about Christ and he's like have you truly given your life to Christ and I, and, I, and I thought about it and I'm like no no I know about him like I know who he is it's like but I don't know who, who I don't know him personally like no and he's like, would you like to pray? And I said, yeah. It's like, this, this is a God moment. Like, this is a God moment. And, and I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I didn't know God and was like. And this is two days after you went into the Catholic Church. Absolutely. And said, God, if you're real. Yeah. And, and I didn't feel nothing. I didn't feel anything at this church, though. Yeah. But God was listening to me. I know he was. I know yes. he was. And, and as soon as I step out, God knew what's up. God had a plan. And he, he orchestrated it. Mm-hmm. And, and so when he witnessed to me, and I prayed something changed right there like not drastically but something's mm-hmm. in the works like something is moving something's working and uh i could say this now because i, I I'm, yeah i'm yeah. looking back at it and i was yeah. like wow and my wife was hesitant she was like okay wait so did you walk out without vernice first and then she came and joined you no we walked out together okay so vernice was with you when you saw sin yep i see and, and my wife's looking at sin like who the heck is this i know oh like, I see. who is this yeah like, yeah 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 who's you know what hi? i mean yeah. you know what i mean because like, they're broke up yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like who, who who's this and it's like and so she introduced you to tim so tim's witnessing you decide to pray vernice you didn't pray right away I, I still prayed, but I was I was hesitant. You weren't like in it. No, because I was raised Catholic, and so it was embarrassing to me to pray in public. Like I've never prayed in public in my life, and so Tim hits me with, uh, "He who denies the Father, the Father will deny him." And I was like, "Oh snap!" Like even though I wasn't religious or yada yada, I was like, "Dang!" Like who am I? It hit me right then and there also, like, God moment. Like, who am I to deny God? You know, and, and so I prayed. It's like it's like God was right there. Mm-hmm. He was, And that's how it has to be. God has to be there. And, and he was. And he was. He was with us. And once he, we prayed together, 
I think we were I, still broken up. We were I think still broken I, up. We were still broken up. <laughs> wow. But man, that's all it took. That's all it took. And they didn't have to witness that night. I'm sure you guys know that. They didn't have to. It wasn't like scheduled. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. Yeah. It shouldn't always be scheduled. It's like, if God's talking to you, go do it. Mm-hmm. I know this now. But before, I'm, I'm like, man, thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for using people. Amen. And so after that, I started going to church. And she was, and my wife was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Why are you going to this church? Okay, and, tell me your first church service. What do you remember about it? Was it Tim who brought you? Like, did he grab your number? What happened? Yeah, I remember the, uh, Tim picking me up in a van. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Wow. Taking me to church. And I met I, I met Nathan, Nate Rush, and I met Jesse. Paul. I met Paul. It's like, but I wasn't, I wasn't. I, I still didn't give people a chance. Like, sure. They're like, took me to the church and I'm like, oh, wow, you know? And, and my first service, I don't remember like mm-hmm. exactly what was said, but I just remember answering the altar call and I just remember crying. Like, Whoa. because it, it's it's overwhelming when God speaks to you. Yeah. Right? It's overwhelming. It's, it's, it's almost unexplainable. It's like joy. It's like being broken. It's like, he's got you. It's like, man, all this, all this stuff is going on inside of me. But at the same time, God's like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean it's okay? Like, I have all these questions, but I, I and he answers them. God answers them. Um, and so I, I start to start to change a little bit. I don't know, like, I guess not so hard anymore. And my wife's like, what is going on with you? And, and uh, were we together or not? Afterwards, I think, like after a month of going to church, yeah. we got back together. And it was weird because we almost did like a 180, but not in a good way. Like Johnny started like seriously being saved and like really living for God. And I was like, so you think just like the last three years don't matter? So then like my heart got hardened and I was like, you think I'm just going to forgive you because you what believe in Jesus? Oh, so as he's getting softer, you're now getting like bitter about all yeah. the crap that he's put you through. Yeah. Yeah. Because now he's being like a good boyfriend and I'm just like, no, forget that. Like three years of crap. <laughs> what a trip. Yeah. But then there was a time where like you got really soft and then he yeah. started getting hardened up for a little bit. Yeah. And then we did another 180. Yeah. Back so- to the good 180. <laughs> the psychology of that is so crazy because like, he was treating you like crap and you were like being his girl and doing everything. And then when he's like trying to make it better, mm-hmm. you're like soft enough to realize like how much bull crap he's put you through. Oh yeah. Well, I already, like, I felt like I already knew. Cause you were broken up. Yeah. Yeah. So I was aware of that, but I was just like, so you're a Christian now. And I see. even though like, even I was going to church, you know, like we were both going and, and at this point we, Bethany. When did you first go to church? I didn't go to church till like two weeks after he did. Because I had just gotten a new job. And low key, I was like, mm, Jesus is cool and all, but I need a job. So I'm not just going to request Sundays and Wednesdays off. Right. You know? Right. I, I, it's not something that came to my mind. Um. So when I, I remember my first service, and it was Pastor Wayman Mitchell, and he was talking about how anger makes you do foolish things. And I remember thinking, what everybody thinks is like, who told him about me? You know, like, I don't know. I didn't seem like an angry person, but inside I was angry. Um, 
And I remember just thinking like, anger makes you do foolish things. And I'm like, how much, how many foolish things have I done? You know? And so after that, it was just like a work in progress. I remember going to church with Johnny and dropping him off and being like, forget you, forget the church. And just because we were arguing, you know? So then we got married. (laughs) (laughs) How, uh, how did you guys come to the revelation, uh, that you wanted and needed to get married? Oh man. I I remember, uh, I, I would, I would run in the morning and, uh, I, I ran and every time after I'm done running, I, I would pray pray to God. And I'd, I'd look up at this guy and say, God, you know, I thank him and just trying to be personal with him. And that was my thing. Like after a run, I would, I would pray and I would just have some me time with, with God and just pray like prayer is important. And, and it's like, all right. And, and one day I pray to God and he, he, he I, I don't want to say verbally, like I want to say in my spirit, mm-hmm. like spiritually, the Holy Spirit like starts speaking to me. He says, do you love this woman? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and and I knew who he was talking to. He was talking about my wife. Mm-hmm. Said, and we're not married or anything. And, and I said, of course I love this woman. And, and he says, well, then marry her. And I said, I don't want to get married to God. And he says, well, then don't be with her. Like this Whoa. this is a conversation I'm having with God. Like Whoa. the Holy Spirit is speaking. And when God speaks, you're going to listen. Like, yeah. And I, but at the same time, I'm, I, I could still talk like in my spirit. I'm like, okay. And, and, uh, he's like, then marry her. And I, and I, and I said, I don't, I don't want to get married. And he says, well, then don't be with her. And it's like, you're hurting her and you're hurting yourself. And I said, Lord, but I'm scared. And he says, what are you scared of? He says, I, I got you. He said, I got you. And, and, and the next thing he said to me, he says, do you love this woman? I said, yes. He's like, do you love this woman? Like I love you. And that's when it hit me the hardest. I was like, dang, how can I, how can I, Lord? Like, I finally understand what love is. You never gave up on me. You, you, you never let go of me. You're always there. And, and, and he says, do you have that love for her? And that's when I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything, but I knew the answer. And the answer was to, to be with her forever. Wow. I knew the answer. It's like when God speaks, you know, and that's, I, and I knew, I knew at that moment, I'm going to marry this woman. Like, what am I doing? I know the right thing. And, and then, so I, I ran back home and I didn't tell her, <laughs> I didn't tell her. I went to church and I, and I told my pastor. Tell me about that. Well, like Pastor Senior, Pastor Greg. Pastor Greg, Greg, yeah. He's like that you he's like that's important. He's like marriage is important. He's like and I said, but I told him the same thing. I said, I'm scared and he's like he's like, What are you scared of? I was like, I'm scared of of not being, you know, a great husband or having kids and he's like, You don't have to be scared. He's like, You you've come this far. He's like, Why not? And I was like and I thought about I was like, Yeah, why not? Like, why not? Like what, what's going to happen? What am I scared of? And so I went up to, after that, after I talked to him and it's not even like he, he said anything like crazy. He was just like, do it. Yeah. And, but, but at the same time, I already spoke to God about it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I, I went up to her and I said, Hey, we're getting married on Sunday. No, it was on Wednesday. Well, and you got married on Sunday. Yeah. That's right. That's I what her, I remember. I told her, <laughs> I told her on Wednesday and we got married on Sunday. 
and, and, the, and the church, like all our friends were there, you know, my family was there. And that was the most anointed wedding I've ever been oh to. Goodness. Fun fact, Melissa was a bridesmaid. I was. And Woo-hoo. so was Ray. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy how it happened. And, and, and that's always going to, I'm always going to remember that moment with God. Like that's, in, that's so cool. Yeah. But the, lo- do you love her? Like I love you. And so it's like, when he said that, yeah, it yeah. was like, it was over. It's like, I couldn't say anything. Wow. I, I already, I already knew like, yes, yes. Wow. And that's the kind of love I want to have for my wife. She deserves that. She deserves more. Right. But, uh, you know, the only God can provide that love, like that great wow. love that he has for the world. Wow. And so I understood. Yeah. Before I didn't. So I'm just curious, um, Vernice, because you were saying, like, you weren't really on board at first, and then you had the Catholic background. Like, do you remember, was it the change in Johnny that gripped you, or was it a certain service? Like, when was it that you were, like, in? It was almost just, like, natural to serve God and go to church. So I don't remember an actual day. I remember journaling about being saved in the book, The Bondage Breaker, and seeing my husband change and seeing and feeling encouraged by other people in church who were praying for us. And at that time, I I still didn't understand, like, what do you mean you're praying for me? Like, for what? You know? Sure. Like in my mind, I didn't understand that. Like the spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I was set to go to the army. Fun fact. Another fun fact. And then I remember thinking, oh, that. No, just kidding. I do remember. I told Ray because mm-hmm. Ray remembers. Mm-hmm. I had a ship out date and everything. Oh, I kind of remember this too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I called up my recruiter and I said, hey, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay here and serve Jesus. And she said, you're making the worst mistake of your life and hung up on me. Cause I'm sure she saw like dollar signs go down the drain. Sure. Um, so I guess it was after that. I guess I do remember now that I think about it. I want to say this is fun. So we all kind of thought that Vernice probably would not that would probably not be a great decision for her because it was still fairly early in her salvation and stuff. But I mean, I remember thinking, I told her one time, um, Hey, you know, when you go to the army, they're going to like tell you what to do. Right. And she's like, yeah, like she was, she was gung ho. I'm like, okay, you know, they're not going to like give you hot Cheetos in the army. Right. And she said, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll support you and just pray that God gets a hold of you. And we went to, we had like a random 180 prayer meeting and she rode with us and she's sitting with her knees up, like praying, you know, into her knees. And all of a sudden she looks up and she's like, Hey, and I look up at her and she's like, I don't think God wants me to go to the army. And I was like, (laughs) cool. She just like right away. And it's kind of cool though, too, because it's like God spoke to her, you know, like, and that's what happened is like, she responded right away. It's like, God doesn't want me to do this. Boom, I'm not doing it. And uh, I don't think they're going to brag about themselves, so I'm going to do it. It's like that then launched, I believe, that launched them into, like, destiny, you know? It's like I got I got to personally see them grow 
as my friends and them change and their marriage strengthen. And um, I'll let you guys brag about your kids because they do have two awesome kids, but just the heart that they have for people. And I personally like seeing them pray with people and touch lives. And then they got uh, sent to Colorado to take over a church. And I got to go see them twice in Colorado. And it was just amazing to see what they were doing everywhere they go. They're touching lives. Everybody loves them. And you wouldn't even believe that they're that they were the broken, closed off people anymore because everybody loves them. <laughs> and everybody, you know, it's just so natural. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about the stories and the people and just how much people can relate to them. And, and they really give people hope that like mm-hmm. something that was broken is now redeemed and it's continuing to 100%. be redeemed. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they were like the, I don't know, like everybody's pride and joy. They're so excited when people, when God takes like raw sinners and brings them in and just their wedding was like so fire. It was so amazing. (laughs) And it looked like it was planned for like, like two years. That's the the crazy part. I mean, it was, I talk about it. I'm like, it's like, it was the wedding of my dreams. And I not once have I did I ever dream of what my wedding would look like just because I didn't have hopes of a wedding. So I was like, if I had a dream wedding, this would be it. So black and gold. (laughs) (laughs) It was so, it was so beautiful. And then I remember it was so anointed. Your guys' testimonies were anointed. You could just feel the joy. And then a bunch of your family came, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Our friends or family. Yeah. Like random people that I remember like, hey, we're getting married on Sunday. It's like <laughs> Saturday. They're like, tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, you should come to church. Yeah. And you guys did your pictures at Watson and they were so gorgeous. I just remember it being so, it was so crazy. Like my planner brain of like taking forever to plan things was like, oh my gosh. I just remember Beth being like, all right, we're going to do this. Getting ready at the old um, greenhouse. The old greenhouse, yeah. It was awesome. Man, what a trip. Yeah. Praise awesome. God. Yeah. And That's and great. then, was it just natural after you guys got married? Yeah. No. It you can ask natural. Pastor Greg. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I was thinking more like you guys deciding to have kids. That's what I was going to ask. No. 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 no? That wasn't natural. Still, no. No, nothing, nothing after that was natural. Like, two weeks after we were married, right after, like, two weeks after we were married, we talked about getting a divorce. Um, we were like, what did we just do? Neither of us knew how to be married. Um, we went through a lot of counseling and that was helpful. And I don't know, just having, just remember, I would, I just remember always running up to Pastor Greg thinking our lives are falling apart again. We need help. Mm. And, yeah, we'd fight. We'd fight. We, we still were. I mean, you're redeemed. You're bought back. Yeah. But at the same time, you're growing. Yeah. You know, you're growing in righteousness. Now we're married, right? This is this is a a, a covenant mm-hmm. between us and God. And so, guess what? The enemy's gonna try to attack 100%, that covenant yeah. because the enemy sees. Yeah. You know, very observant, and uh, but we fought. We fought back, and 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 Beth and Jesse and Nate and you know a lot of people. Kenny and Ray. Kenny and Ray would pray for us. 
mm-hmm. like praying for us, like care for us. And in my mind, I'm like still distant, <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're we're praying for us. They care for us. Man, there's times I got locked up. Wow. There's a, there's times I was still on probation, even though we were we were I was married and mm-hmm. uh, had, had my, kids, had my daughter. Like I got locked up a couple times, and guess who's there? Tim, Yesenia, wow. you know, Jesse, Angel. They would all they did go see me in jail. Like they never gave up on us. And, and then I was like, man, this these are like these are friends. These are friends. These are these are brothers. These are sisters. They care about me. Yeah. That's when I was like, man, this, this is what I need. You know, wow. and, and that's when I was like, no, nah, they, they care. See, this is really encouraging. And this is the part that because you guys, how many years have you been saved now? Coming up on 12. OK, so, you know, obviously, like life is life. And so but there I'm assuming there's been a breakthrough spot where you're like not worried about getting locked up anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My my point in saying that, though, is that I know for sure, for sure. There are couples and there might be people even listening to this who are like, man, the devil will start condemning you like nothing even changed. Like, whatever. You're still the same person. You're yeah. still the same. Like, you know, you think that you're all spiritual over here. Look at this. You know, you still smoke. You know, you're still smoking. You still struggle with drugs. You still got locked up, you know, whatever. So talk to that person. And what would you say to them to encourage them? If you could. You can get through it. Like you can, and there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. Cause I feel like while Johnny was on probation and doing whatever it was that he was doing after we were saved, um, and like had kids, you feel like you're, you're living this Christian life, but you're dealing with probation and courts and fines and fees and lawyers and all this stuff. So you feel like, yeah, I'm living a good life, but I'll never escape this. And I remember paying off like probation fees. I remember getting a letter that's saying you are off probation. Like, and then filling out paperwork for Johnny to get his rights back. That was like years after he was off probation. And so it's like to be able to say like, he's not a felon. Like there's that hope, Mm -hmm. you know, of... I don't know, just because you feel like you can never leave that lifestyle behind or or that mentality. But it's like, no, like now people are shocked to when they hear that Johnny, you know, was in jail and was a multiple count felon and this and that. They're like, really, Johnny? And I'm like, yeah, Johnny. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. God distances you from that. Mm -hmm. But there are still physical consequences that take some time. Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah. And, and what would you say, like, what would you be your piece of advice to someone who's like, I have no idea even how to be married. My parents didn't show me, you know, I didn't have any reference point. Like, was there any, was it reading the word of God? Was it reference points? Like, what was it that? Um, it's definitely talking to other people. I think personally for me was talking to my pastor and getting like his wisdom, his knowledge. Um, and having that relationship with my pastor, with some girlfriends too, you know, talking to older ladies, cause it's like, are we the only ones that have problems? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are we the only ones that don't know how to be married? Man. Yeah. And yeah. getting advice from Angel and Hallie, Beth and Jesse. And they're just like, 
I remember they, they told us divorce can never be an option. Mm-hmm. And man, like when you're newly married, the world tells you you're not happy, get a divorce. So that's why it was like it was thrown around like every other day, honestly. But when we also Johnny and I together, we said divorce is not an option. And that was probably like three months after we were married. I, I, th- I thought of it like God never gave up on me when 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 he revealed himself to me or, you know, he was always there. But when I finally realized who, who Christ was and what he did for me, it, it gave me a different mentality on looking at my wife and, and realizing, hey, I never gave up on you. You never going to you're never going to give up on her like I could never do it. I, could, I couldn't have gotten married if it wasn't for Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. And so that's what makes our marriage strong is, is Christ. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a relationship and that's, that's what's going to have to take. Like you literally have to give your whole life to him because as soon as you start to say, well, what, a, what, a, I think it should be like this. I, I, then God's like, okay, I, I got, you have your free will to do what you want. Right. But that's not what God wants. God wants the relationship marriage to be based on him like mm-hmm. we're always coming back to christ wow yeah and that's what our kids see yes. they see so mom cool. and dad praying they see you know people coming to mom and dad about christ about god about what should i do mm-hmm. and then also friends you got to have friends that are that have are truly saved have given their lives to christ because they'll give you advice right yeah not your other friends not the friends that are drinking or still have problems and i mean we all have problems but you know what i mean living in the world like living like have that mentality still instead of god's word right once you get god's word involved it's living Mm -hmm. and so that's the nourishment your your spirit your your soul needs and so that's what you get and that's what you're going to hold on to instead of other people's or the worldly advice that you can get and so it's important to have a pastor, it's important to be involved. It's important to go to church, yeah. right? Because what I would do is I would see other marriages. Like, I don't think people in church realize mm-hmm. them going to church and, and praying and having a marriage and having kids, how much I looked at that, mm-hmm. right? Wow. I looked at uh, Pedro Franco and, and he had a, a wife and he had kids. And I, and I looked at this man and I said, man, I want that. I want to. I want to come to church. I want to be happy, and I could see the happiness in this man's life. And I said, "Man," and and now I, I, I don't know if he knows it, but I, I think I told him one time. I said, "Man," I said, "I appreciate you." That's so cool. But I don't know how much he thinks I appreciate him. But just people, you know. Yeah. There's pillars in the church. There's people that have been through what we've been through. Yeah. And so, they don't know how important they are to be pillars, to to be older, to be wiser. How much that means to me. And uh, I think it's important to be involved in church. It's important to go. You know, you just you're... never know who's who's watching. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a very observant person, and so that's what I did. I observe people, and I I see how, and I would listen. I would listen to the older people. I would listen to to the older saints, and they would tell me, Johnny, you know, oh, you got a question? I said, Yeah. What about this? What about that? And they would tell me godly wisdom, and I and I would I would listen. Wow. And, and it helped me. It helped me so much. It still does. It still does. So, man, it's important. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your testimony. And now it's documented.